This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my dancing co-host, Brie Tucker. Well, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? (laughs) With the dance, you should have seen that. There was a dance that went with this and she like had movements. Yeah, I totally had like the Saturday Night Fever. Saturday Night Fever, yeah. It's so funny because... This weekend, this weekend, I think like this whole week has kind of beat me up. Like, yeah, you have had and mentally. run of testing with luck on things. Yeah, but it's like beat me up so much that this morning I'm like, Brie, I hereby declare this day come as you are. <laughs> and like, don't even get made up. I'm wearing like sweats and whatever. And so it's funny because I dressed in like these black like athletic shorts and just a gray T-shirt. And here Brie walks in, us not talking to each other. She is in. Black Black shorts shorts and and a gray gray t-shirt. So (laughs) we're going to have to take a picture of us and be like, we did not plan this. It is really weird that we came in dressed alike. So it's funny. It is what it is. is But it's it's been a week. It's been a week. And it's crazy. It's crazy everything that's been going on. And like, I'm, I'm keeping a positive attitude, though. You are, but I mean, like, seriously, (laughs) if we were to start adding up and looking at all the things that have happened to you in the last, oh, I don't know, three weeks? Three weeks. It's funny. So sometimes, so I read about this thing. It's in this book called The Big Leap by Gay Collins. And it's, he talks about something called the upper limit problem where all this good stuff starts happening in your life. And then like all of this chaos also starts happening in your life at the same time. And he attributes this to the upper limit problem because he says that in some people, when like good stuff starts happening, they can't handle it. And so they mentally like create like unconscious chaos everywhere else. So what I'm hearing is Murphy's law is something that we create ourselves (laughs) because I'm not so sure about that. I don't know about that. Well, it's funny because I mean, what's the first thing? The first thing that happened is guys, you're going to laugh about this. (laughs) 
I know <laughs> this one was I like this oh so my painful, god are you kidding like, me oh my gosh I I like usually have my dog Addie in the car with me when I go pick up my daughter from dance and she's in the front seat and so and if you guys have seen Addie she's not a small dog she's like 65 70 pounds pure muscle like you look at her she's pure muscle anyway she was in the front seat and we were driving and I was just annoyed she would not sit down she was like standing up like her head was in the way of the mirrors and so thinking like oh I'm just gonna brake check her just a little bit you know just so she's like oh <laughs> and even I should thinking, lay down yeah I should lay down or maybe I should go back in the back seat like this was just faulty beliefs on my part and I brake checked her and she fell headfirst into my stereo display and cracked it <laughs> and it was not a it was not a hard brake check it was like I was going five miles an hour and I'm like brake and she totally lost her balance biffed it and went into the car stereo display. it was completely fine too by the way like she was completely fine yeah completely fine I yelled pretty loud but <laughs> it was completely like no! Yeah, but she was completely <laughs> fine. Anyways, if you have a Toyota and you ever break that LCD display, it's a $6,000 repair because they cannot replace the LCD screen. Yeah. And you know what? That's got to be the case in most cars. It, so and the other thing, too, is like that's getting like factory repaired. But it's, I mean, like, but there's like all it's cars connected. have these displays now. It's connected to the whole car. So like that display is your whole car. <laughs> and I think I cried a little bit. I mean, when, when the service advisor at Toyota was like, I think you need to sit down. I'm like, what? No! <laughs> so, so please guard those displays with your life. And then that then I messed up my knee last week. Like, I think it's, I think I'm going to be heading for surgery. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's been fun. I, we like to make fun of her because uh, <laughs> Joanne lives in a two-story house. Yeah. She can't get up and down her stairs very quickly. So her thing that actually you came up with this yes. like now she has a speedy getaway because it takes her like a minute to get all the way downstairs it's ridiculous. one step at a time and we're, she's like I'm doing my speedy getaway it's ridiculous it's no, really you funny but, laugh. Okay. but I always yeah. think like all of these things that happen to us like have you ever noticed they happen in threes okay and then you're gonna tell them your third yeah because right? they happen in threes so they I, do I feel like I'm over now I'm done I'm done with the bad things happening because when we drove down to Tucson to celebrate our wedding anniversary. My husband and I have been married for 15 years and we drove down there because that's where my parents live. So my kids stayed with my parents and we checked into a hotel, but we were getting off the freeway and we ran over something or like, I don't even know what it was, but I heard the sound. And then like two minutes later, my husband's display lights up to show that one of the tires is like the pressure's decreasing in the tire. We're like, oh no, what happened? So we get to my parents' house. We look, the tire, like it, it became separated. Like it became separated from the rim. Like there was a huge gash along the side of the tire. Oh my and gosh. Apparently this happens when tires get old. <laughs> Oh, good Lord. And he knew, he knew that his tires were on his last leg. So he ordered these tires like a week or so ago, and he was going to like take it to discount tire actually that morning. But the tires had not arrived that morning. And so we decided to do the trip down to Tucson anyways. Long story short, apparently my husband has a car whose tires have to be special ordered. And like every place you go, like has a delay. Because it also had to be Easter weekend. It was Easter so. weekend too. So he was, we were calling around to all these shops in Tucson and they're like, yeah, we could get it by Tuesday. And this is like a Friday thing. Right. And being we have work. So gosh, it was. So then, so then what did you do to fix the problem? So then because I've run into lots of car issues before, I knew that AAA has a higher level. So there's AAA standard, uh, which gives you five miles of towing. 
But then there's AAA Plus, which gives you 100 miles of towing. So I immediately called. I upgraded my AAA membership for like, it was 40 bucks more for the year for the two of us. It wasn't right. that much. And they're like, okay, it takes 48 hours to go into effect. I'm like, fine, that's fine. We're, we're planning to stay the weekend anyways. We're going to leave on Sunday. Totally cool. So on Sunday, we called and we got the car towed up to Phoenix, which was the 100 miles. Mm-hmm. But then we learned that in Arizona, it's 5 to $10 a mile. So if the tow company would have been the $10 a mile, that would have been a $1,000 tow thing <laughs> if we had not had AAA+. Plus. So here's the next lesson. First, guard your LCD screens with your life. <laughs> Second, did you know AAA has AAA plus? <laughs> and third, when your house is covered in plastic because you're getting because you're getting work done, be very careful when you're walking down the stairs. Be very careful, like don't twist your knee. Instead, I was making jokes because the house was covered in plastic and it was like that plastic sheeting you see in horror movies. And I'm like, Brie, we could take out the body now. And then I'm walking down the stairs and I'm like twisting my knee and I'm like, oh no. The universe is like, don't joke about that. Don't joke about don't it. Don't joke about that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been, it's been, and actually, I said three weeks, but all that's happened within, I think, two weeks. Oh, maybe, maybe the LCD was three weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, I'm happy to be in a situation where we can handle those sorts of things because this would have been devastating earlier on, like, like when I was in my early 20s or whatever. It would have been devastating to yeah. have those charges and it would be devastating for most people. So I'll be honest, it would have been devastating for me. Yeah. I think for a lot of people, like I just I would not have been able to still kind of get through that without without a lot of crying yeah. <laughs> and a lot of curse you. There's a lot of crying. There's a lot of times I'm very thankful to be in the situation where we have like insurance and stuff like that because everybody should be allowed to have that. Yeah. That no. that's when I really think about it because I'm like that's how I can't get like so like oh whoa is me because I'm like honestly I'm very privileged. I'm very grateful. So, but I I also have to laugh at my own pain. Right. <laughs> Cuz if you can't laugh, you cry. You cry. And sometimes it's you okay. cry when you laugh. It's all good. It's okay. Cuz you got to let it out. The way I saw it, there were no dogs attacking each other and there were no emergency vet visits in this one. So I'm yeah. very very thankful yeah. for that. Nobody one. was injured no in was the injured. in the well, except for you. But not <laughs> but we're not in a I, way I think, that again, I think that if you had to pick it. Yeah. Like and I think many of us are like this. Like if we have to pick our bad luck and there has to be an injury, mm-hmm. We want it to be us and not our loved yeah. ones, not our kids, not our pets, not our parents, not our best friend. We want it to like, let it be me. I can handle this. Yes, exactly. So, but that's also that mom mentality. Yeah. yeah. And we don't accept help from anyone. Yeah. You were tough. <laughs> I People, I have been trying to help her out since she hurt her knee and like... Even getting her to let me get her water has been tough, but that's okay. She's working on it. I could do it. I'm good. I'm I'm working on it. I'm working on accepting help more because that is an issue. Yeah. Which kind of brings us in a little bit to our topic today about about high and low culture. High and low context cultures. Yes. This is a communication issue. And it's something that I read about in this book called The Culture Map by Aaron Meyer. It's a business book. And like, there's no reason in my life I should be reading this book other than I heard her on Armchair Expert, which is like, woo woo, Armchair Expert. Uh, And I thought it was fascinating. And so my husband actually got the book because he does a lot of international business. And he brought this podcast episode up to me because he says, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense about why we're having these difficulties between our two cultures, because there's just two different ways of communicating Mm -hmm. that I had not realized before. And I thought it sounded fascinating as well. So he has not gotten to the book yet. And I got to the book. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and I've been reading it and it applies, I think, beyond business. It really applies to parenting and it applies to being married or living with a partner or just friendships in general to know that there's these different kinds of communication styles and neither one is bad or good. It's just different. And being aware of that, we can have better relationships. Yes. So we hope you enjoy this episode of the No Goat Mom podcast. Hey, all It is Joanne. And Bree here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Coe, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. So let's talk dinner time again because, oh, 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 it is still like, (laughs) just thinking about it gives me stress in my house, basically because I feel like anything, any dish I come up with, any like meal I plan, the rest of the family is just not going to like it. And so you have to think, why put in the effort of making all those grocery lists and planning all those meals to just get, you know, pushback from your family? So we started using these eat at home meal plans. And what they are is it's four different meal plans that you get with your subscription. And it comes with a grocery list and they're the simplest meals ever to cook. The recipes are there. So if you have older children, you can actually just pass off a recipe to them and they can make dinner for one night. It is so simple. It's so delicious. Many of the recipes have become our family favorites, like the chicken curry that I make all the time, instant pot chicken curry and sheet pan meals and desserts, but it takes away all the dinner stress. So if you hate meal planning, 
check out Eat at Home Meal Plans and you can sign up at noguiltmom.com backslash eat dash at dash home. And you also get 25% off when you use the discount code noguiltmom, all one word. And now on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible, and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. really big. It's actually, it's so, we feel it's so important that we have made our new parenting course all about communication. Yes. Calm and happy parenting. Because again, you're 100% right. Communication is such a cornerstone to healthy and happy relationships. It's insane how much that one little like tweak of how you talk about things can make a big difference. It can make a huge difference and it helps us with empathy and it helps us not have assumptions about other people's behavior. So this specific part of the culture map, and it's a book that you can get on Amazon. We're going to include the link in the show notes, but it talks about high context versus low context communication. And there are certain cultures that are low context and there are certain ones that are high context. So for example, in a low context culture, and we live in a low context culture, like the US is a low context culture, as is Australia, Denmark, Canada, all of these places, relationships are not like they prefer over communication. That's mm-hmm. the norm. Right. Like to be clear, crystal clear. There is no way you're going to misinterpret this because I'm going to tell it to you six different ways. Exactly. And make sure that I also come back at the very end. And repeat it one more time. And summarize it. Yes. Yeah, you see this a lot in the workplace where like people start a meeting and be like, okay, here are the three points we're going to cover in this meeting. Mm-hmm. And then they cover those three points. And then at the end, they summarize the three points they covered. And then at the end, they'll email everybody and be like, here we go. Here's what happened in the meeting. Uh, I would say we do that here at No Get Mom. We do. <laughs> like in our podcast, right? Like we, and these are the things we went over. Yes. And then we have our, our written afterwards, our show notes that you can see on the blog. And like, it's all right there. So yeah. Yeah, that's low context communication. And it's usually seen in cultures that are very heterogeneous. So it's made up with a lot of cultures and a lot of people, much like the U.S. Okay. But on the flip side, there are high context cultures. And this is where people rely more on their networks of friends and family. And they view their relationships as part of one large community. And they have a shared history. This is where the high context thing comes into play, that shared history. So in countries like Spain and China and Brazil, mm-hmm. where it's a shared history and they have more to draw from, that's mm-hmm. going to be a high context. And high context conversations, that is where people expect you to read between the lines of what they're actually saying. Uh, so it's more about what they're not saying yeah. than what they are saying. What they're not saying. Okay. And also like... They don't feel like they need to spell things out because there is that shared history and that knowledge that you should be able to glean from that exactly what the conversation is. Interesting. So the best example I can come with about this in our culture is like me and my husband, we we slay at charades. 
like we slay at charades <laughs> because <laughs> we have this shared history. We've been together for 20 years now mm-hmm. and we could say these things in charades, be like, okay, stopped side of the road. And the other person would be like duct tape. And you're like, what, what? just happened here? <laughs> I, would do. I would be like, what? But it's this shared history that makes us able to communicate in this high context way in that scenario. So there's like a whole story behind that. Okay, is there a short version of the story? Because now my curiosity is how do you get duct tape from stop side of the road? Um, when Josh and I started dating, we took a trip to Six Flags Magic Mountain uh-huh. and his car hit retread on I-10 going out to LA okay. and it took off the front bumper. And so we were stopped on the side of the road for like two hours waiting for a tow truck and his bumper was on the ground and they towed us. We couldn't find any place to fix it, but we did find a roll of duct tape and we were able to duct tape his bumper back onto the car wow. and it worked. Duct tape wow. is amazing. Oh my gosh. Okay. Duct that is, is that is stellar. Yeah. But yes. that's communicating in a high context way. Right. And so in many cultures or even families, people expect other members of their family to know what they need to do based on what has happened in the past. So instead of asking for yeah. help or asking them to do something they're like well they should just know how to do it because they're used to communicating in this high context way with other people that they don't know how to communicate in a low context way for those cultures or in those situations where you know it calls for it I could see that and I could also see the frustration that you would have to do a low context like come on you guys know that everybody's supposed to help clear their dishes Mm -hmm. after dinner why do I have to spell it out for you? That would be very, very frustrating. Mm-hmm. And, and yet, there are so many times that we do clearly articulate things. I, I could see why, you know, jumping back and forth between low and high contacts in your family would be frustrating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it can be frustrating. Yeah. It's where most misunderstandings occur when one person in a relationship thinks that you know everything is being communicated clearly and the other person should know exactly what to do and the other person in the relationship is clueless it's clueless <laughs> it's not that they're they're like doing things on purpose or not doing things on purpose it's they're, just they have no idea they're literally clueless yeah. yes yes and mm-hmm. neither way is better than the other but just knowing that these two like methods of communication exist that is the important part i think so because like you brought this up to me last week when we were talking about uh, about show ideas and you were telling me about the book and about this low context, high context. And I'm like, wow, I really, I can see that now that you point that out. Mm-hmm. I, I never would have thought of that. It's that thing that you know in your gut sometimes when you're having a conversation or you have a relationship with someone that you feel like they just can't get it. Mm-hmm. And you, you're like, I can't put my finger on what our issue is, but it's there and I can see it. And then now that you have the words for it and the explanation, I'm like, oh, it makes so much more sense now. Yeah. 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 So there's ways, though, that you could get around this. And Erin right. Meyer in her book, The Culture Map, uh, says that in a situation when you have high context and low context people, everybody can benefit from low context strategies and putting those in place. I can see that for sure. So how do we avoid the conflict between the two? So in every like relationship, we can also put those low context strategies in. And one of the first ways is just to bring up the issue. Because a lot of times, like, we stay mad at people in our family. Like, if I stay mad at my husband or maybe my kids, and they don't even know there's an issue. 
Yeah, and it builds that resentment. Mm -hmm. And none of us like that icky feeling in our stomach, I don't think. No, it's like it gets you so, so mad when you can't talk about something and like hash it out. Or if you don't even know how to define the issue to begin with, that right. that gets me too. Like, I'm like, I'm so mad. But if I like start spewing things right now, I feel like the other person's going to get really mad at me. And ah, so what I'm hearing is a little bit of guilt. Like yeah. you're also feeling guilty about feeling like this too sometimes. Exactly. So that that's really rough. There's a so. lot of guilt in it. So the first thing is just to bring up the issue. And taking this from a book called Difficult Conversations, which is also great, there's actually three conversations going on every time you like interact with someone. There's I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. <laughs> well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. The first conversation, which goes on completely in your own head, and you're very aware of this one. It's all of your thoughts and feelings. It's how you interpret the situation. Like if for say, like if my husband was leaving dishes on the counter, it'd be like, oh my gosh, there are dishes on the counter. I feel so like not respected. And I feel like he makes me do everything. Like that's my, that's my conversation. Oh yeah, yeah. Those are very loud. Yes. <laughs> but there's also two other conversations going on at the same time. There's the second conversation, which is in your partner's head. Mm. And that's the one that we think we may know, but we have no idea. And this is where the assumptions come in and get us in trouble. This is like the one that you see the memes of where like the girlfriend and the boyfriend or the husband and wife are sitting there in bed and, and the girl's like, oh, this is such a wonderfully romantic movie. I wonder what he's thinking. And then he's sitting there going like, did I shut off my car lights today? Yeah. Like, <laughs> totally different. But but we're thinking that they are totally like in sync with us, but they're not. They're not. No, nobody is. Nobody, nobody knows is. what's going on in that head. Yeah. Mine or theirs. So there's that first conversation in our head, second conversation in our partner's head, but there's also a third conversation. 
And this conversation is one an outside observer, if they were watching you, they would see and they could affirm, yes, that is exactly what happened. So it is a very objective view of what is going on. You know, that would be the hardest conversation to figure out, I think. this It's kind of hard, but when you start thinking in this way, like, okay, I'm an outside observer, like what would an outside observer say is happening? So you can bring up the issue using an I notice statement, which is different than an I statement. An I statement is talking about your own feelings. An I notice is saying like what an outside observer would say. Yep. That is true. So I notice is taking out the emotional piece of it somewhat. Yeah. So example, if like say after dinner, your partner just leaves the table and you're dealing with all this resentment and you're like, oh my gosh, they expect me to clean up after them and everything. It's hard to come up with that third conversation because you have a lot of feelings with it. But when you think of that outside observer, you're like, okay, what's happening? Well, the dishes are on the table and they leave the room. So a way to bring it up is I notice that when you leave the room, all the dishes are still on the table. That is true. Yep. yep. That's true. It's not saying you're doing it because you're lazy. It's not saying you're doing it because I know you want to go play your Minecraft. It's like, nope, the dishes are still on the table. Yep. The dishes are still on the table. Check. True. <laughs> and then you could be like, what's up with that? And then they could tell you what's going on in their head they might realize right there that oh the dishes are on the table I had no idea okay this totally reminds me of a story you were telling me where you had a conversation like this with somebody about something like dishes and they were like oh I thought that was your job that was my daughter yes (laughs) I was trying to respect respect the boundaries that was not my story but it was so interesting to hear her perspective because I was able to correct it right away and be like nope oh no not my job Mm. not my job so the I notice statement is really really good just taking all that emotion out of it and think yep outside observer would say definitely number two Try to figure out what the other person is thinking by asking questions. I love this one, Mm -hmm. mainly because I love to ask questions. I love to dig deeper and figure out what's really going on because I know a lot of times that my perspective can be very skewed by my emotions. Because I have, I'm very passionate. Would you say that that's a good yes. way to describe me? I'm very passionate. My emotions run very strong within me. But the good part of it is I'm aware of that. So again, that's why I love asking questions because I like getting to figure out what's going on. And like the questions like the what, the when, the where, the why. Mm-hmm. Like just trying to dig deeper to figure out what's really going but on. But whys can get us into trouble with kids and for adults because a lot of people don't know the reasons behind their own behavior. True. You get a I don't know. Yeah. And that can be super frustrating mm-hmm. to someone who's trying to dig deeper. So if you stick to like the what, the where, the why, the how, and the when – And ask them with a truly curious nature. Like this is the difficult part. Because sometimes when we ask these questions, we do them with like a slightly, I'm going to prove a point nature. Yep, I can see that. Mm -hmm. So example, like a truly curious question would be again with the partner leaving the dinner table. Like where are you going after dinner? That's curious. You have no idea where they're going. That's fine. That is very different than... Why do you go upstairs to go play your games? Or where do you think you're going? Or 
how do you expect me to do everything by myself? Mm -hmm. Or even like, what would you like to help put away? Again, that's that's throwing in those assumptions, isn't it? It's throwing in the assumptions. So loudly now that it's being said, but I can see myself doing that in the Uh, moment. Oh yeah. I think it's like, it's human nature to do that in the moment because we want to prove we're right. We hear our own conversation. We're like, we're totally right. Those emotions are running strong. Yeah. (laughs) They're running so strong within us. So when you ask these questions, just keep in mind, okay, I need to ask it like I'm truly curious and I don't already know the answer to the question. Yeah, because trust me, if you have a teen or a tween, they are going to immediately pick up on that context and that tone and that, and then you just get... You're already losing. You're already losing. Already (laughs) losing. It's so hard, but you could really tell if you're on the right track if you have a teen or tween because they will catch you on it right away and you'll hear the defensiveness. And usually when I hear that, I'm like, okay. And I just walk away because I'm like, well, didn't nail that one. Well, a lot of times with me, I will try and and it doesn't always work. Actually, I would say I probably need to stop doing this route Mm -hmm. because it doesn't work most times. But I do try to, if if I hear the defensive, I try to stop and go, okay, let me reset. I did not mean to have a tone. I did not mean to to do that. Can like we start that. again? I like that. And sometimes, you know, my kids will let me start again and sometimes they won't. And that's the hard part is accepting part. the, no, I don't want to restart this. And then you're like, damn it. Yeah. Blown moment. Yeah. Dang it. So bringing up the issue number one, trying to figure out what the other person is thinking by curiously asking questions. And then number three, being open to problem solving. Like it is not all on you to come up with a solution to the problem. And I think that is a big thing with us moms. Mm -hmm. Like I think that we feel like it's our job to do everything for our family. And that includes coming up with the solutions. Yeah. And I think that adds a lot of stress because then we have to figure out the right solution. Well, if we take that off of us. Yes. It's not our job to come up with a solution. It's a lot of stress. And I'm going to run back to that word of resentment. Mm -hmm. Like it's not only stress, but then we start to get angry or resentful or frustrated that people aren't listening to us Mm -hmm. or that it isn't working the way that we put the solution out there for. And and we start to get mad at them because, again, we're making assumptions, right? That they know what we're thinking and that they understand our thought process. And... Oh, it's just not fun. It's just it's not, not fun, fun, people. I hate it's that. It's not fun. So be open to the problem solving. And uh, if you like totally find this as fascinating as we find this, and you feel like you would like to up your game in your communication and get your kids and your family to listen and help you out more, come and happy parenting. It's open this week only. <gasps> oh my gosh. And we are so, so excited to welcome our students. Like I, I am so... So, so thrilled for this course because I'm teaching it live. uh, So I get to talk with you as I teach it. And it's just going to be like this great community of parents helping each other and upping our communication skills and getting our families to listen and help more and throwing away our resentment. And we're going to teach them how to be, because I I love this. You did an acronym. I love the the acronyms. We're going to teach them how to be happy. Happy is our our nice acronym. But if you want, you want to go see it go on over to our Calm and Happy Parenting sign-up page. Uh, We put a link for it in the show notes. And uh, until next time, remember, the best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you. We'll talk to you later. And thanks for stopping by. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? 
This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.